0: Awesome. So this this talk today, very famous passage. Uh, our our lead in character, besides Jesus, is a guy called Peter. Everyone remember Peter in the Bible? Super. What's Peter known as in the Bible? Someone help me out. Being a rockhead, exactly. You nailed it. Always putting. How how else is Peter known in the Bible? Denying, bold, cool. So this passage, really, this story is an amazing picture of God's love touching Peter's life. Um, Has anyone ever experienced just real setback, disappointment, or heartache? Did I hit anybody? Raise your hand. Facing difficult opposition. And I believe that this passage is really almost like a perfect passage for Mother's Day. So if you would stand with me, I want to read this passage one more time. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19, it says this, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wish, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will f- fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After this, Jesus said to him, follow me. Father, I ask that the word would come alive to us this morning as we just briefly... Pull out some of the implications here. God, we thank you that you meet us, whatever state we're in, with eyes full of love and compassion, longing to show yourself to us again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen Amen. and amen. You can grab a seat. Obviously, as some of you already alluded to, the backdrop to, the, to this story is that Peter swore to the Lord, I will never deny you. Has anyone ever told the Lord you would do something or not do something that you ended up not doing or doing when you shouldn't have? Everybody! That, that, just that revelation that, that we're so easy to make vows and promises, but we're not always as careful to actually follow through with what we intended. Come on, how many have ever had really good intentions that never really materialized? Okay. Fourteen people are on us. The rest of you we're gonna have to pray. The Lord, he told the Lord, he told the Lord, Lord, I will follow you even if all deny you, I will never deny you. Even if all fall away, I'll never fall away. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. I call it the Peter Propensity Syndrome. I'm going to trademark that. Say that with me. Peter propensity syndrome. It's really hard to say, actually. Don't say it. It's that, it's that being quick with our words without counting the cost of what we're saying. We've all been there. We've all dealt with disappointment. Not living up to our own ideas or ideals. We know the story. If you read John chapter 18, uh, Peter, in fact, did disown Jesus. Three times. Three times. And so here in our story after they've eaten the bread and the fish and the little charcoal fire, you have to know Jesus is so smart and brilliant that it was around a charcoal fire that he denied him. And here, with another fire, he and Jesus hanging out as friends, and he says, Peter, let's have a talk. How many know what I mean when Jesus wants to have a talk? Come on. How many know when you get that tap in your heart and you know, oh, He wants to talk about that. How many are thankful He is a good friend who is not willing to just let things slide perpetually because He wants to have that talk with us? And Jesus knows those areas in our life we're resistant to, those areas that we're weak in, maybe we feel ashamed or guilty, and the Lord wants to talk about it. He wants to talk about it. How many know silence oftentimes kills us because what fills up the silence when we reserve parts of our heart and life? Usually guilt, shame, blame, or false thinking. How many know the Lord wants to come to us today, like with Peter, and he wants to have a talk? Why? Because he wants to lead us into his love. He wants to lead us into greater freedom. I was super anointed and spiritual listening to that song. Maybe you're like, Why? What's, what, what's love got to do with it? what's love got to do come on tina turner someone help me what's love i got the lyrics right here listen to this what's love what's love got to do with it what's love but a second hand emotion what's love got to do with it who needs a heart when a heart can be broken i've taken on a new direction but i have to say i've been thinking about my own protection it scares me to feel this way how many know the call to love is a risky calling because what's required, if you're going to wade into those waters and have the talk with Jesus, and He starts dealing with issues of regret and remorse in those areas where you've said more than you've delivered on, how many know when He wants to invite us into love, it can be a little bit scary? I mean, this lyric, I was reading those lyrics, I'm like, man, they were good songwriters. What's love got to do with it? I just It's just an emotion. I don't want to have that talk. I'm not in for the commitment. I don't want to. What's it got to do with it? I love this episode with Peter because Jesus is like, that's just the point. Following me is not predicated upon some emotion. It's a covenant. It's a choice that you will keep on making every single day all throughout the day. A choice to love me and to receive my love. What's love got to do with it? Answer, everything. But not in the way Tina Turner's sang about it. And can we just talk about her hair in that music video? Take a look at the video. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking about it, but I decided against it. I didn't want to get out of the spirit. So, do you love me, Peter? How many just want to say right now out of the gate that our love for God is oftentimes pretty weak? Our love for God, when like if our love is like this container. Comparing our love for him and like standing at the shore at the end of Grand, looking over the ocean. How many ever feel that way? Like there's no way my love for him can ever match his love for me. How many know Jesus knows our weak is our love is weak? Jesus knows our propensity to fall under Peter's syndrome, to overcommit, oversell, and to struggle to find the strength or the grace or the consistency to actually live out what we confess. And I love this episode with Peter around the fire and just after the meal because Jesus is not asking it to be a meanie. How many know Jesus never deals in the realm of shame or condemnation? Come on, I need everyone to say amen to that. Jesus never deals with us in the realm of shame or condemnation. There's another person who deals in those realms. His name is the devil to accuse you, to condemn you, to shame you, to bring up your old past, to rake you through your old wounds. Not Jesus. Jesus walks beside you on a journey so that those wounds can become a garden from which the kingdom of God can grow forth. See the difference? So Jesus is going on a journey, an internal journey with Peter, not to shame or condemn, but to bring healing to those places that he needs to open up to the love of God. Just even right now, think of those. Are there areas in your life that you're, you're resistant to the Lord? Are there areas in your life that you're like, God, not today? Can we talk tomorrow? Are there areas in your life you're like, whenever it gets brought up, it kind of stings? Am I am I talking to anyone today? Where, ugh, nah, ugh. And this passage is for you. It's for me. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Okay. Do you love me more than these guys? Remember your self confidence? You swore you'd never deny me. You swore that even if everyone denied me, you'd follow me. Are you ready to have the talk? I'm not looking for you to make some emotional response. I want your heart, dude. I want your heart. And so he asks him, and he says, of course I love you. Test number one, passed. Okay, feed my lambs. What is feeding my lambs? Someone help me out. What does that mean? Beautiful. Discipleship. What else? How many know you can never separate loving Jesus and loving others? Turn to your neighbor and say you can't separate them. Don't do it. In fact, the Bible says, look at this. Let's read this passage out loud together. One, two, three, go. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God for God is love. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is perfected in us. We love because He first loved us. This is the word of the Lord. We all said amen. amen. So, so, so Peter, stage one, question one. Peter, you say you love me, but that love is going to be materialized. You're going to need to care for others around you. How many know we can never love God in a vacuum? He always puts someone in our path to love. Darn it. Darn it. The whole Christian journey is this being loved, receiving and abiding in that love, and then learning to express, show, and share that love with others. Do you buy it? He loves me. Oh my goodness, he loves me. Because he loves me, I'm free now to love others. Who wants to make it more complicated than that? Raise your hand, or maybe we can talk after the service. Do you love me? Okay, feed my lambs. Lambs. I had to do it once. But of course, look what happens. He didn't just ask him once. How many know we're all on a journey? Has anyone ever traveled any miles with Jesus on a journey? How many know he doesn't just want to have the talk once, he always wants to talk to us. He asked him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, tend my sheep. Why did Jesus ask him a second time? What are your thoughts? Go. Gets across, what else? Commitment, reflection, for other people to hear it. Hmm. Maybe Jesus didn't hear him the first time. What if some of the disciples were wrestling on the sand? I don't know. In the Sea of Galilee, it's a beautiful shore. I believe not just because of the three denials, but Jesus knows for us to open up our heart. That there's a progression, there's a journey. And I can't tell you the joy I've not arrived yet. But because I've had so many of these fireside lake conversations with the Lord, when I there's been so many things over these last few years. We just crossed um, our, we're in our fourth year now as pastors at Cornerstone Church. There's been so many internal conversations the Lord has wanted to have. Some of them have been incredibly painful. But I've been at this thing long enough that I know that when he wants to talk, I want to attune my heart to what he's saying because he wants to bring breakthrough. Why is he asking him a second question? Because he knows that one wasn't enough. He wants to go deeper. Everyone say God always wants to go deeper. He's taking Peter on a journey and he's leading Peter to a place that he would rather not go on his own. An internal journey towards freedom and wholeness. He said to him the third time, Simon son of John, do you love me? And what does the scripture say? Peter felt, help me, Peter felt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I just see this picture, you know, you're hanging out with your really good friend and There's been a lot, you know, agape, phileo, except for like, uh, what hurt Peter is that he had to be asked three times. How many know sometimes pain is the doorway to breakthrough. Actually, it's not even sometimes. A lot of the time it is. Has anyone ever sensed that when the Lord put his thumb on something in tenderness and it hurt, but you knew because of his goodness? that if you, if you let him open that closed space off, that you might be able to trust him on the other side of your pain. How many you know pain and weakness is oftentimes the Lord inviting us into greater realms of freedom and love? And Peter's hurt because he knows that what got him to this point, like his zeal, his fire, his passion, his quick ability to confess that he'll be the most faithful disciple in all of history. He knows that the way forward is not going to be sufficient if it's just all hype or external. He knows that when Jesus is asking that there's a deeper work that needs to happen in his heart that will sustain the ministry and mandate and mantle that God has for him. Did you know God wants to take us deep so that we can bear all kinds of fruit and the fruit won't kill us, but our root system and our branches will be able to hold all that God wants to pour out in and in through our life. But we've got to go deep so that we can go wide. And Jesus is saying, Peter... You're going to feed my sheep. You've got an amazing ministry. You were the one who, by the Holy Spirit, said, the first person, I'm the Messiah. The Father revealed that to you. You're going to have an incredible ministry of leadership in this church that's going to be birthed because of my life, death, and resurrection and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. But Peter, for you to be the kind of leader to, that, that's going to be a fruitful leader, to know how to care for people, you're going to know how much I care for you, but you've got to open up your heart. Peter felt hurt. Peter felt hurt. But I love that his pain led him to the best confession any of us could ever live by. Where did his pain lead him? Lord, you know everything. Say that with me. Lord, you know everything. One more time. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. It's super weak and immature. I say one thing and many times I live another, but you know I love you. But it hurts that you, but I know the hurt is a doorway to greater depths of commitment and covenant with you. So take me on a journey, but it hurts. And how many know the Lord wants to take us on a journey so that you and I are not shaken by external pressure and difficulties and storms, but there's a resolve, a love resolve within our hearts that nothing can shake us. In fact, where our calling would lead us into dangerous or difficult opposition, there's nothing outside of us that could change what's happening on the inside of us because we were willing to have a talk with Jesus. We were willing for his love to have his way. Peter, I want you to face your deepest regrets and fears. Let's go on a journey together. I will walk with you every step of the way. How many are thankful we have a Savior who walks with us in our pain? Yeah. At the altar this morning at 7.15 a.m., we, we, we sang Psalm 34. And I, I, this really highlighted as we were singing it and praying it, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Come on, say that with me. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And just that revelation came as we were seeing it and praying it that He's close to those who are broken. Many of us are like, oh, they're the ones who got all their stuff together. They must really be walking with the Lord. I'm not saying it's not awesome to have your stuff together, but the Bible promises that He is close to the broken. He's close to those who are willing to have Jesus open our hearts and to face the pain and to brave it instead of resisting where love wants to take us, which is to empty ourselves to be our own God and to trust His leadership. Love takes us there, but I love the promise that the Lord is close to the broken. So the Lord literally, He's with Jesus is with Peter, but He's closer to Peter than, than He even knows. I'm hurt. I'm with you in your pain. The reason I love this passage so much is, am I the only one that ever struggles with a cluttered heart? Is anyone's heart, like the low-level hum in your, your mind or your, your demeanor, does anyone have a noisy internal reality life? Doing great today, got the phone call, terrible. Does anyone just feel like there's ever chaos or a storm on the inside? Raise your hand so I'm not the only one who feels that way. Hey. I, I don't know what I feel. I don't think I feel. I don't know anything. <sighs> Jesus comes to us in our mess and confusion, and He knows exactly what's going on all the time. Amen. Even in our cluttered mess, and our heart that's, Reeling from disappointment or confusion or frustration, Jesus comes as our guide to freedom and to love, and he says, I know, I discern what is true in the midst of all of your uncertainty. I know everything. How many take comfort in that today? When I don't know my heart, one of these passages I, I memorized like 20 years ago, it says this, it says that, that uh, we, we uh, I'll just read it so I don't miss it. God is greater than our hearts. Everyone say greater. Greater. God's greater than our hearts. Even when our hearts condemn us, God is greater. He knows everything. Has anyone ever struggled with Peter propensity syndrome? The guilt complex. I'm a failure. I don't measure up. There's no way God could use me because I've made a mess of my life. Am I talking to anyone today? Where well, you listen to that lie and your heart condemns you and I want you to know that there is one who does not condemn you. He wants to enter into that mess if you let him speak a word. He wants to speak a word to us today. Right in the midst of our hurt and our pain. Peter's confession is everything. Lord, you know everything. I don't know. I thought I loved you. I swore I wouldn't deny you. But I did. Jesus is like, let's talk. Your pain and shame is not the end of the game. Let's go on a journey. Let me bring freedom to that place. Let's talk. Many times self-reservation or self, so you know, reservation or preservation are often the most difficult shells to break. we're reserved. I don't want to go there or we, we think we're the only ones that have to protect so we preserve or we reserve but the Lord says, you can trust me with your heart today. You can trust me. I'm delicate. I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm tender. Jesus, did, Peter denied Jesus for obvious reasons. You don't have to be super spiritual. He didn't want to get killed. <laughs> Hello. I don't know him. (laughs) How many know God loves us in our sin and our mess? He doesn't condone it, but He loves us. Did you know there's nothing that could cause Him to fluctuate what He thinks about you? Pretty good reason to deny Jesus. I don't want to die. Whatever your reason has been to deny the lordship of Jesus, to deny opening your heart to him, whatever your reason, it pales in comparison to how much Jesus wants to meet you in that place of regret and remorse, and he wants to breathe fresh life and love into your spirit. Right here and right now. Right here and right now, he wants to meet you in that place if you'll open up your heart. Why did Peter deny Jesus? Well, easy. He chose himself over Jesus. A choice almost all of us make probably multiple times a day. Me. Everyone say it. Me. That was funny. Whoever said it like that. Me first. Everyone else and everything else second. No one's being honest today. But that can be us sometimes. Am I right? But here's where Jesus wants to draw Peter And because we have it in the Bible, we get to go along on the journey. Jesus loves me. Oh, that's the good news right there. When I get my act together, nope, right here, right now. He 100% loves you. Because of that, I'm free to love others. And because of that, I can trust him with my shame. I can, in a healthy sense, I can love myself. I can be okay being in my own skin. Knowing my own limitations, knowing my own past, I can, I can bring it to Jesus and he can remake it. How many know it's the fourth week of resurrection? No matter what you've done or face, he can remake it. He can breathe life into it today. Jesus loves me. I'm free to love others. And now I'm able to love myself as well. The beautiful hope of the gospel today on Resurrection Sunday number four is that Jesus loves you even when you're stuck in your me first mentality. But he doesn't want to leave you there. Come on, someone turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get out of me first. It's time to go into love. It's time to go into love. This is the ultimate quote I've ever read on this passage. Glenn Packiam, I'm sorry, he just became a doctor, Dr. Glenn Packiam amazing scholar, worship leader, pastor, author. When asked by young leaders how to keep going despite discouragement and difficulty, I think of the two times that Jesus called Peter. If you go way back to Matthew 4, 18 and 19, he said, come follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. It was a purpose, right? And then now this call on the beach to love him. Do you love me? I love this, look at this. The first was to become a fisher of men. The second was about love for Jesus. Believing in a purpose may get you started, but loving a person will keep you going. <laughs> I, just, I promise you it will. Your purpose will cripple you if you don't, you're not attached to a person who's going to sustain you fulfilling your purpose. It will kill you. Because there will always be something else, the broken, the poor, a, a, unsaved. It will perpe- there will, oh, Jesus said it Himself. There, it's always going to be inevitable. You need to be hooked into the source who is the only sufficient source to undergird the purpose for which He's made you. You were made for love, to love, but you've got to be loved and live in that love. Times in a billion, yeah, that's the good news. I love that. A purpose may get you started, but a person's going to keep you going. And I believe that one quote is the whole point of the sermon. The whole point. Peter, I know you were the rock, and you had that great promise, then you got called the devil right after because you told me I didn't have to die. You swore you'd never deny me, yay, but you whatever here we are having a talk you're opening your heart it hurts but that hurt and pain's just a doorway to greater love and freedom Peter for you to fulfill the purpose I have for you you're going to have to be anchored in a love my love for you and your love for me does anyone buy it? it's not person or purpose it's both but there's a sequence. Someone say sequence. There's an order. Do you love me? You know I do. It will be tested. How many know love is always tested? Yeah. Let's wrap this thing up. I won't read any of those passages. My favorite quote. He was dealing with self and Peter. The kingdom of self is heavily defended territory. <laughs> But love has a way. Love has a name. Come on, Aaron. Love has a way to break through my me-centered mess. How many know when a wall breaks, it can hurt? But he breaks it so that his spirit can have a way in. And This is what he's doing with Peter. He loves Peter. He loves you. Allow Him to break through your fortress of self and deliver His love today. Just open up your heart. He wants to draw you to Himself, out of yourself, into Him, so that you'll actually know who you are and what you were made for. That was a good one-liner. He wants to draw you out of yourself into Him so that you actually will know who you are in light of His love, and then you'll be able to be free to serve the purpose He's made you for. Do you love me? Yeah, it's weak, it's okay. I know. My love isn't weak. I want you to be hooked into me so that wherever you're at, my love is the source, not your ambition or your desire. Let me be your source. And then ultimately, it ends with good news. Dude, your commitment to me is going to lead to your martyrdom. (sighs) Okay, we don't want to talk about it, but But did you know, without getting all super heavy, more Christians have died for their faith in like the last century than all of history? How many know there are brothers and sisters around the world, we don't ever talk about it, but even now who are following him unto death? Do you love me? How many know he doesn't want a wishy-washy, oh yeah. He wants us to go on a journey. He wants to fill our hearts with his love. He wants us to count the cost, but he wants us to follow him no matter the cost. Follow me. Peter, your love for me will be materialized in martyrdom. What's remarkable is that Peter lived, he had three decades of ministry after this talk with Jesus. But imagine, remember that talk I had with Jesus? When is that going to (laughs) happen? Can you imagine? Church history tells us that under Nero, in the mid-60s, that Peter Again, church tradition, Peter was drawn to crucifixion, but he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified right side up. He was crucified upside down. How many know love has a way of changing you (laughs) from the coward who denies Jesus to a little Girl Scout cookie girl? That's what my dad always says when he preaches that part. A little servant girl. To I'm not worthy to die in the same manner of the one who loved me. Who wants love to transform them from the inside out today? Who wants to go on a journey where our greatest fears become doorways to courage and hope and tenacity? Oh, by the time John is writing this gospel, one of the last books of the New Testament written, Peter has already given his life probably in martyrdom. And in a sense, when Jesus calls us to follow him, it's like all of us are signing our death notice. You're weird, Chad. What are you talking about? I know I'm weird, but here's what I'm talking about. Read this out loud with me. Then he said to them all, if any want to bec- out loud with me, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily. If any wants to be my followers, does anyone want to be a follower of Jesus? I think all of us, duh. Let them deny themselves, take up their cross Prayer, one-time prayer, and then just live like they want the rest of their life. Crud, not in there. Take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life, how many live with a white-knuckled grasp? Oh, I just have to be my own. If If you trust me, you lose your life for my sake, you'll actually save it. What will it be if you profit the whole world but lose or forfeit your soul or yourself? The call of the gospel, it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. The Spirit, Holy Spirit wants to deliver that truth. Actually, you find life when you give your life away. Come on, moms, can I get an amen? And dads, and everyone else. Who, yeah, it stinks, and it's painful, but when you're running behind your four-and-a-half-year-old son who's learning how to ride a bike without training wheels, it's worth it. Come on, preach with me. Yes, that just happened, and I'm going to cry. It's worth it. Come on, someone say it's worth it. The call to deny yourself and to put your put him first, it's worth it because that is the actual doorway to experience life as it was intended. John Statt says this, he's super smart, way smarter than me. The Christian life is to daily and in a thousand ways die to self-will to do the will of the Lord. This seems negative, but because our hearts, only because our hearts can be inclined to rebellion. But if you experience this life, come on, it's the most positive lifestyle. For death for Christ is the door for living with Christ. When you say no to your sin and me, 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 me mentality, He actually brings you into life. Amen. I'm done. Stand to your feet. Let's respond. And let's go eat. Do you love me? The church says, You know we love you. Feed my lambs. What does that mean? Look to your left, to your right. Take care of them. Jesus asks his church again, Do you love me? We all say, Of course you do. Tend my sheep. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go to them tending it's like a next level that's not just oversee it's go pursue bring them in who right now in your life would you would god consider you a shepherd of they need to be brought in raise your hand if you can think of somebody you can steer them into relationships steer them into family bring them in that's awesome brother bring them in and then jesus asks again do you love me we know our love is weak It's not always consistent. But we want to open our heart in spite of the pain, in spite of the regret, in spite of, in spite of, in spite of. And we want to be free to love you like you love us. Who's there today? Raise your hand. I'm there today. This verse is really the the, the best verse to end with. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. You You can die a million deaths a day. No to my pride, to my selfishness, but on every on the other side of every no to self is an invitation to experience the love and power of Jesus. Every time. It may not feel like it, it may be a poopy diaper. It may be way worse, way harder, but in the words of one of my mentors from afar, what else do you want to do but to be loved, to be free in his love, and then to give that love? What else else do you want to do? Come on, how many want to live your days, however many the Lord graces you with, that at the end of your days, your love tank is simultaneously full and empty. Full because I'm love, but I didn't reserve anything for myself. I wanted to just let his love flow through me to others. So Father, I pray for our church that we would find ourselves with Peter on the shore. (laughs) Thank you that you meet us in our weak love. That you want your truth to come to home in those deepest places of regret, remorse. And you want to deliver your truth that sets us free. I love you. You can trust me. If we can go on a journey together, I am a good shepherd. Let me shepherd you so that you can shepherd others. And Father, we just say yes to being those who say yes to loving you, yes to loving you, to being loved by you, and then to giving and showing and sharing that love with others this week. Give us eyes to see the scattered sheep around us, whether they're in our home, whether they're in our workplaces, our neighborhoods, or our networks. Give us eyes to see those that you'd want us to love on purpose and to bring in to the fellowship. Father, would you send us now full of hope that we serve a God who loves us to love, who loves us to life. We receive your truth that you're for us, not against us. We receive the truth that, Lord, your love is the most powerful force on the planet. Would you send us, God, and would that, the power of your presence be upon us as we go? And again, we thank you for your love for us. it's Without you, we could do none of it. But with you, we can be more than conquerors. Come on, somebody say, I'm a more than conqueror Christian today. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. 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 amen.